Hi everyone, this is Mike. As you all know, episode 38 was all about Pentax. We ended that episode at the end of the M42 screw mount era and resumed it in episode 40 starting with the K-mount era. When recording episode 38, we actually did venture into the K-mount era a little bit, but decided midway through recording to just stop at that point because the episode was getting too long. Many people enjoy seeing deleted scenes from their favorite movies, so not once to deprive you of more of what you want. Here is that discussion left over from episode 38 from the cutting room floor about what we were going to talk about but ended up removing. We talk a little bit about why we like the Pentax MX and if the host thought that Pentax stuck with the M42 screw mount too long. This discussion is unedited and ends abruptly, but we thought you would enjoy hearing it anyway. Enjoy. Let me ask this question. Do you think Pentax stayed with the M42 mount too long? Like I know, Anthony, you love those yes. Twos. Bob Mac ES and the ES2, but they really seem like they were trying to extend the capabilities of that mount just a little too much. I agree. Uh, do you think that hampered them in the 70s? Well, when did the K mount come in? I mean, K mount did not come in with the K1000, right? There were other oh. models before the K. Right. The K, KM, KX, K2 came out in 1975. Yep. And the K1000 came out in 76. They, I actually have an article uh, on my site. It's at Kepler's Vault again when they announced the new K mount. So it was announced in like 74. So it stands to reason they were working on it, you know, a year, maybe two prior to that. Do I think they held on to it longer than they should have? Yes. Do I think they held on too long? No, because that segment of cameras was extremely popular still. You know, the Shinons, the Ricos, um, even Mamiya was still making M42 screw mount cameras then. And, and, the, and the Soviets, the Soviets were as well. This, Right. Yeah, that's yeah, they did it too. So 1974 M42 is still considered like what Paul said, the universal mount. Uh, people that were getting into those systems, they didn't need a top of the line camera. They didn't need, you know, high end this or that auto exposure. Nobody, I mean, auto exposure eventually came like on the ES2, but that wasn't what was the driving force for those cameras. People just wanted simple, proven with great lenses. And that's what the, the universal mount offered for a very long time. And I think that could they have gotten ahead of the market by releasing it in 71 or 72? Maybe. I don't think that they stayed too long. They just maybe could have maybe done it a little sooner. Do you think that affected their market position in the 60s, particularly the early 60s? It seems that with the Spotmatic and the new TTL metering, they were kind of at the upper end of the consumer range. But the, what you described in the 70s seems like they had kind of shifted towards the bottom of the consumer. I don't think Azahi ever attempted to compete at the high end. No. Ever. Of the consumer of the consumer market. No, I don't think they they sold a lot of KM, KXs, and K2s just for one year. But the K1000, when it came out, and the MEs and ME Supers and MXs, the MEs, ME was a very strong selling camera because it was it was meant for the not the advanced amateur, but the it was an aperture priority only camera. So it was like an EM. It was something that was that was made for someone who wanted to get good pictures and have interchangeable lenses, but they didn't want to know a lot about photography. And they were they were very, very popular cameras. A Japanese company that in my opinion followed a similar trajectory would be Yashica. But where I think Pentax and Yashica were different is by the early 70s, Yashica was on the verge of irrelevance. You know, they were almost completely like 
forgotten. Whereas I think Pentax was still very much a well-respected because when, when they did release, they came out, they were immediately successful with it. Like this wasn't a company that everybody had forgotten about, you know, bargain bin crap cameras that nobody respected. They, I think they were very highly still sought after just on the consumer level though. You know, they weren't, they weren't Nikon, they weren't Canon. I, I don't think they tried to be that. So when, when they finally did release the K mounts, those cameras sold really, really well. And I think that wouldn't have happened if they were like already, like no one respected them. It's also a branding association as well, because there was a shift with Canon at some point. I mean, they started bringing out, yeah, initially, you know, the uh, compact, so the PC35, yeah. um, which I've got here, which um, I'm, I'm busily trying out at the moment, which is a beautiful little camera. But I think they really hit the market in terms of the consumer market a bit later on. And, and that's probably took over the whole Pentex name to some extent because, you know, we talk about iconic branding. The little SPO um, compacts became hugely popular for them in, what was it, the 90s? So yeah. they they continued through, but there was, I think there was a shift to mortgage the consumer market, but it was a lot to do with the way they expanded their brand. Yeah. So yes, they hit the K1000, they kept the SLRs going for a while, but it almost like the SLRs fell into the back seat by the time they hit the 90s. If I can step back just a second, there are a lot of, of came out cameras that Pentax released over the years, a lot of different models. And if I could make the case for one in particular, the MX, I believe is like the jewel in the crown for the the, the came out line. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a fanatic for compact full manual professional level slrs and i put the the mx up there with the om1 and the fm2 as my sort of like holy trio of of, of those cameras it's a if you've never used one it's it's easily I, I think it's just absolutely on par i think it's actually a little bit easier and and better designed easier to use and better designed than the om1 it just feels more substantial i never have like that on off switch on the om1 which the never points in the right direction for what it should be. It always annoys me. But the 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 MX is uh I have an MX and, a, and an FM2 and, and have shot the FM2 probably more than any camera in my life. Uh, and any more though I reach for the MX before I reach for the the FM2. Uh especially with the uh, 40 millimeter pancake uh 2.8 you That's can put it sounds. in your pocket. Uh the whole thing is just it's as small and as rugged and as dependable. I mean I don't know what more you want if you just want a fully manual camera than yeah. that. It's certainly the easiest loading camera I think ever made. That's ah, really just a really well-engineered camera. The little, uh, the little uh, slots in the, the uh, take-up spool. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. It's made it really, really fast and easy to load and almost foolproof. I mean, it, once you got down there, it never came out. I mean, the camera doesn't get much uh, attention. You know, it's not mentioned often in blogs and people, you know, the only couple of people in the Camerosity Facebook group that uh, I know that, that Mark and, and I are like the two people holding it up as, as the, the cool camera to get from Pentax. But it's one that I would urge people that if they, they've not taken a look at it, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, an under the radar camera that's, that stands up in, in quality to other uh, professional level full manual cameras. Well, see, that's a, that's the point is that it was a full manual camera. It was a ma it was a manual camera in an era of automation, right. and, and that's what that's why it didn't sell well. There was an era of time where the cameras that we like the most now were 
the opposite then. They were the mm-hmm. low ends. Like we mentioned earlier, the 2.4 five element tackle bar. That was a budget lens, but people love them today. You know, the MX was a budget camera. You know, it didn't have any of the bells and whistles of the AE1 or, you know, any of the more advanced models. Um, probably other examples of that where simple is actually better, especially today. Yeah. Cause you know, it's like, I've got several like Emmy supers and Emmys and I don't like them. I don't like yeah. the little fiddly button. The button. I, I, I don't like, uh, I just don't like the feel of them. And they, they tend to gum up and, and not work. And they're not as reliable as the MX is going to be. 